Amen. Well, hasn't tonight been a, a real blessing? Um, I know I've enjoyed enjoyed tonight, enjoyed getting to know Julie and Ben. Um, and, and really, I remember teaching you guys, both of you, in Children's Church, Kids for Truth, things like that. And so it's been neat to see you guys grow up in that way. And um, Well, you're still growing up, but... <laughs> But uh, anyways, God, God is so good. And it's an exciting time, isn't it? It really is. I'm going to be preaching a lot at you 2 tonight, okay? The rest of you are just here. And uh, these are really coming from just some thoughts on vacation. I was meditating on this passage, and pastor texted this morning and said, you are preaching a graduation message tonight, right? And I said, well, sure. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, I think God has some good things for us. But for the rest of you all, think about it. Do you remember when you graduated from high school? No? <laughs> some of you, yeah. That was a long time ago for some of us. Um, even for myself now, I'm thinking, wow, I'm getting these. Uh, for Bob Jones, I'm getting my 15-year class reunion, and I, that makes me feel old, okay? I remember when uh, they would have, they would announce the, the 10-year graduates, you know, and the 15-year graduates, and I thought they were old, you know? So, uh, but especially high school. I graduated in 1998, and so, wow, that's... So I know some of you, but to them, I mean, right, that, that seems a uh, ways. Were you born back then? You were born, right? You were what? You just won, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's a life ago. <laughs> Anyways, it's, it is very exciting. It's an exciting time, and um, there's a lot before you guys. There really is a lot of, a lot of big things, a, a whole lot of things. And in a lot of ways, it feels, I'm sure you feel like you've, you've accomplished a lot. You're graduating, you made it through the 12 years, you made it through high school, um, and that, that is a major accomplishment, it really is. It's, it's really something that we don't take lightly at all, but there's so much more ahead. And if we were to look at all the different things in going to a school and in graduating from college and finding a spouse and buying a home and your first career-like job and all those things, there's, there's a lot of things to come. And I don't say that to, to scare you or worry you, but it's just, it's just part of life, isn't it? And uh, in looking back, I, I think I, I'm glad where I'm at, okay? <laughs> but it is an exciting, an exciting time that God has. And uh, tonight, just just really just some thoughts. It's, it's not a full-fledged message. I, I wish it were, but it's, it's not totally. Just some thoughts to help, though. And I, and I want to just give um, what I've entitled Secrets to Success, okay? And, and there's plenty more, I'm sure. But I say secrets. It's not a secret. It's found in God's word. But the issue is so many people define success with the wrong definition, not God's definition. And so it's a secret to them because they're not pursuing God. They're not pursuing these, these secrets, these truths in God's word. And um, I, I tell you what, you don't want to be on the other side later in life looking back and now saying, wow, if only I would have understood the truths of God's word and that relationship with the Lord. And so you guys have so much. I'm sure many could testify tonight and say you guys just really are blessed in so many ways. Being raised in a Christian home, in a, in a, in a Christian church, in so many privileges and, and blessings that you have. And I know you guys don't take that for granted, so I appreciate that. I, I'm really excited about this group of, uh, of young people in that way. And so... Um, let me see, I have something on my phone here. I, I was uh, reading something on the internet the other day, and and uh, i got to go through my pictures of Ben with his speech here. Um, but it said, three ways to fail at everything in life. 
Three ways to fail in life. And this comes from one of our missionaries, our church planner, Edwin Lugo, uh, up in Wilsonville. And I don't know if this is something he had done or what, but it's a picture of a, um, a whiteboard, and he has these three, these three things listed. He said, blame all your problems on others. Don't take responsibility, just blame others. Complain about everything. <laughs> and number three, do not be grateful. Now, I didn't sense any of that in your guys' speeches at all. But it's true, isn't it? And uh, in many ways, I feel like that's the society in which we live. Um, and it's sad. And there's times where things like this pop up in my life, too. It's very easy to make excuses for, for sin, for wrong behavior. Uh, it's easy to complain. Um, it's easy just not to be grateful and look at the, half, the glass is half uh, empty instead of being half full. Um, but in uh, the passage this, this evening, it's found in Philippians 4. I think there's some good truths, some good reminders as, as Paul gave uh, the Philippian believers. And uh, I, I think it, it's just some, some good help, I think. And, and again, are these secrets? They're not secrets, not to us who are in the church, but to many they are secrets. But success truly is, is what? Finding God's will and doing it, right? It, it's knowing God. It's living passionately for God. Loving him with all your heart, looking to him, walking by faith and looking back at your life and saying, God, I I followed you. I trusted you. I didn't hold anything back. And so often it's a there's success isn't defined by prosperity or a, a tangible thing. It's it's defined by spiritual realities. It's defined by things that have taken place. I, I praise the Lord for um, for understanding some of those things, but there's so much more I can understand. And, and to me, what's neat as a pastor is being here for a while is looking and seeing the successes in people's lives. That's worth a lot. And that's what Paul here in this, this passage of chapter 4, he, he says um, in verse 1, he says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and crown, He says, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. You see, Paul loved these Philippian believers. He was there when the church was started. He had met Lydia, the Philippian jailer. Uh, He he loved this church. He's going to mention these two ladies in the next verse. No doubt, maybe they were in the prayer meeting of of those Jewish people that were meeting at the river at the beginning. But he's saying, "You're, you're my joy, my crown of rejoicing. He loved them. And I have so much to just think of you two. You, you know, it's just exciting. And I know Pastor Dan, just I could just see it in his eyes and his face. And you're like his, his crown of rejoicing in that way. He's invested a lot in you, him and his wife. And, and it's neat. And I know it's tough at the same time to, to see young people go off to college uh, and, and go on. It, and Pastor Dan shaking his head. I, there was times as a youth pastor, remember one, one of my... Um, uh, was Tyler Brown, one of my, the, that got saved and discipled and seeing him go off to college in California. I didn't, I was like, oh, no, stay here, you know, but, but we knew that it was one step in his development. And so, um, as you take things one step at a time, but, uh, he says here, stand fast in the Lord. This is the idea of standing, positioning yourself in the Lord, positioning yourself in the gospel. Now he's you know, whenever you see the therefore, you need to look back. 
And so he's coming to a conclusion. He's saying, stand fast in the Lord. And one of the, one of the secrets, if you want to say it, is stand fast in the Lord. Cling to him. Look to him. There is, there is going to be a lot of temptations, a lot of things out there. You're going to be away from your parents. You're going to be away from your home church where there's, there's things that can grab at you. Okay. A lot of things that can pull you away. And, and what Paul is, he's saying, therefore, so if we, we go back and look a little bit, um, there's a lot in chapter three, but if we just start in verse 17, uh, getting that paragraph of thought, Paul says, brethren, be followers together of, of me. And mark them which walk so as ye have us as an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is their belly. They're selfish. That's living for themselves. Whose glory is in their shame. Who mine earthly things. For our conversation or our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So he reminds them there and he says, my, my brothers, follow me, follow the example as I follow Christ. Mark those that are not following Christ who and realizing that they're the enemies of the cross of Christ, that their end is destruction, that, that, that God is their belly, they're selfish, all those things. And no doubt for every one of us, but especially to the graduates, there's going to be times of of temptation to draw away from the Lord and to to mind these these uh, earthly things and these different people that have influence and all those things. Now, you're both going to Christian colleges, all right? Um, and you say, well, there's, they're all Christians there and they all love God. Well, I beg to differ, okay? And Julie, you know, because you went to a Christian high school and so did I um, for two years. And so um, that might be a wake-up call to you, Ben, coming from a public school. And what's interesting is in a lot of ways, it will be Man, I have a feeling, Ben, you go in there, because I have public school most of my life. It was like, man, this is, this is awesome. They're praying before, um, you know, class starts. We got chapels daily. I mean, we have all areas of ministry and all that. But really, once you get there, there are some people that feel like they're forced to be at a Christian college. And uh, their heart's not really into it. Um, you know, sometimes it's very easy going to a, a college getting so caught up in your schoolwork, wanting to get good grades, all those different things. And um, church, the local church kind of gets put on the side side in the back burner. And uh, I would say this to each one of us, isn't it true? Um, where there's a temptation to put the local church and be faithful um, and, and put that kind of on the side and let other things creep in. But it is very true in college. College is not easy, okay? Bob Jones is not easy, Ben. But you have you have a lot of energy and things, you know, but but it's not easy. It was a total wake up call to me. I only knew one person that went to Bob Jones before I went there. I never visited the campus. Are you going to visit the campus? No. Do you feel like I'm really preaching it right at you guys? That's OK. I am. Um, but uh, it uh, I didn't know anybody. Never visited. Just went by faith, you know, and uh, it was tough. English. You don't like English. You might want to stay awake. <laughs> English classes. It's. Uh, but, uh, but there's a temptation there to get so focused on the studies that you, you put, you put the local church off. Okay. 
and where you've had that support and that that wonderful time to to grow spiritually and the friendships and the fellowships with various age groups. Um, if, if you put that aside, you're not standing fast in the Lord. Um, obviously, your time with the Lord daily, it's got to be a, it's got to be a priority. It has to be more of a priority than your studies are. It has to be. You just has to come. You have to be dedicated. You have to be uh, disciplined. Uh, for me, it was I'd study really freshman, sophomore. It was 945 every night. Didn't matter if I have a test tomorrow. I wasn't ready. I would just go. They had a prayer room. I would go. I would study the word, spend that time till really we had to be in bed at 11. OK, so not that I spent the whole time studying the word, but but there was that time. It just was you just it, it was it had to be there. It didn't matter. Didn't matter if I had a test the next day. I just had to have that time with the Lord, and you have to be disciplined in that way. And folks, doesn't that apply to all of us? We all are stretched, but our, our walk with the Lord ought to be the most important thing. And so, to stand fast in the Lord, um, to look to Him, and um, to grow, and to talk about these messages you'll be hearing, and finding godly Christian friends, and Getting in a godly society, uh, people that love the Lord and want to serve the Lord, and and uh, all those things that um, are coming. But standing fast, one of the secrets is stand fast in the Lord. You want to be successfully with the spiritual realities that we have is to stand fast, right? It is. Um, it's the temptation of of Satan is that there's all these other things, all these things you can enjoy, live for yourself, make money, do all this kind of stuff. And you're not standing fast in that position in Christ. You've, you've leaned over here, and it's a mirage. The, it looks better. You want to keep following. Pretty soon, you've left your position in Christ. Not that you've became unsaved, but you're drawn further and further away from the Lord. And um, so you've got to be careful. You've got to watch. He says, stand fast. And he goes on, and he says, I beseech you, Iodius, uh, and beseech uh, Syntyche, I think it's how you pronounce it, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And so here we had some division that came between these two ladies in the church. Uh, possibly these were, these were in the, uh, the founding of the church. Uh, Paul would have knew them personally. And, and believe me, there are times um, where we're tempted to have discord with others. And uh, there are certain things that are a hill to die on, aren't there? I mean, truly, standing fast in the Lord. There are certain things you're going to stand. You're not to, going to give up any ground to the enemy. Um, you're going to be disciplined with that. But there are some things, if we are both serving the Lord, that there's times where we just need to humble ourselves and we need to come together, have a consensus, work our disagreements out. This was so big, it was causing uh, division, uh, problems in the church. And uh, I would say just maybe apply that to our parents. Um, talk much with your parents at college. I, I personally... I'm not the best example, I'm sure, but I made sure every, I think every Friday night I gave them a call or Saturday morning. Um, it's important. Tell them what's going on, what you're thinking. My parents were such a great influence in my life, and I know they, you have great parents in your lives. Um, what about you, the rest of church? You keep in contact with your family? It's important. It's important. But the divisions that had came, and he goes to verse 3, he says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, or companions, help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. He said, help them. Work together. Work out your struggles, your differences. Be a unified church. 
Verse 4, as Paul gives all these commands, as he often does in the last part of his epistles. And this is so good. This, these are things I was really trying to meditate on myself. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's a mindset, isn't it? It's so easy to complain. It's so easy to see the glasses half filled. It should have been this way. I don't like that way. This isn't done right. All these things. It's easy at a Christian college to think, man, why do they have that rule? Why do I need to do that? But you know, if you love God, you know, that's God where God has you rejoice. You rejoice. God's, God doesn't promise to remove the trials. But he does promise to give us the grace and the strength to go through it and to give us a heart that changes to be more like his. Paul said earlier what he said, he said, he said uh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You want to grow. It takes some sufferings sometimes to grow, but rejoicing. It's not just rejoicing. It's rejoicing in the Lord. Always. And again, he says rejoice a double double commands here to rejoice, but it's rejoicing the Lord. It's the spiritual realities that we have to rejoice in. Okay, you just flunked your your history of civ exam. Okay, fortunately, it's an exam, not a test. Okay, Um, or a, a quiz. But the spiritual reality is you're still a child of God. The fact is that God hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. You still have time to make that up. God's gracious. You've got to work hard. He's going to help. He's going to stretch you. That's the reality. Uh, the reality is you can't get home all the time that you'd like to come home. Maybe, I don't know if you've got a vehicle or what you're doing. That can't, I never had a vehicle going through college. How many had vehicles when they were in college? You say, well, yeah, that's no big deal. Well, it is when you, you're all the way from Montana and you can't hardly get off campus, okay? But you know what? You don't focus on that. You focus on rejoicing the Lord, all that you have. Rejoicing in those things and uh, rejoicing in the spiritual realities of who the Lord is and what he's done. And in verse 5, um, he goes on and gives another command. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Uh, this word moderation has kind of some different ideas to it. Um, and I haven't studied it out fully, but moderation would be kind of the idea of discipline. But really, I think it has the idea of gentleness. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. Um, as you are walking in the Spirit, as you have that right mindset of rejoicing in the Lord, that gentle, kind spirit towards others speaks volumes. It's huge. Um, and as you have that kindness and that gentleness... Your, your witness and your testimony is very powerful. Um, but he says here, the Lord is at hand. And as, as we have this gentle spirit about us, not reacting, not complaining, not getting upset, frustrated with others, but being patient with them, having authority under control, a meekness about us, the Lord is at hand. It shows the presence of the Lord. There's two different ways to, to, to translate that the Lord is at hand, the idea of the, the presence or the idea of that in future, that the Lord's going to return soon. Um, and commentators, my friends on the shelves, they're all over the place between the two. I kind of like to accept both of them, but obviously Paul had one of them in mind. I'm not sure which one, but, but the idea is as you are walking with the Lord and you have that gentle spirit about you, trusting God, people see Christ in you. There's no doubt that the presence of God comes into play. 
But the idea of the Lord's return, the Lord is at hand, also is brought up in that you're ready to be with your Savior. Okay? Well, we were in Yellowstone um, this last week. Um, one of the geysers, and I can't remember what the geyser was called, but it's actually the geyser that, that shoots the highest. It shoots about 300 feet in the air. Uh, no. Old Faithful is not. Old Faithful goes about 150 feet in the air, which was neat to see, and we, we did see it. And I actually took a picture of all the people that were waiting to watch it for many, many minutes, okay? Probably, I don't know, 1,500 people waiting to watch that thing. This one didn't have that many people around it. It really didn't. But it, it does go the highest, and it did spew probably, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 feet in the air at times. But it can spew up to 300 feet in the air. The problem is no one knows when it's going to do it. And so the last time it did it was like September 4th, 1994. And what a day that must have been. And I wondered, was anybody there to even watch it? I mean, somebody, you know, has it blown since then? They just didn't know it, you know what I mean, at, at night or something. But there was a little caption underneath that said, no one knows the, the hour or the day. And right away I thought of Christ and his return. Nobody knows the hour nor the day. And we don't. But we have to have that spirit of faith that God is going to return at any moment. And as we have that and we're walking in fellowship with him, it helps us to bear that fruit of the spirit, which is um, uh, gentleness and, and uh, meekness and, and control, self-control. Um, but lastly, these two, these two other verses. So the secret, stand fast in the Lord, okay? Be unified with other believers. As long as we're talking about things that aren't healed to die on, obviously, but be unified, having that love one for another, but rejoicing in the Lord, um, being gentle towards others. But this last part is, is such so good for us. It says in verse 6, be careful for nothing. Uh, that word careful is the idea of anxieties or the idea of being pulled in all different directions. Um, one translator or one, one man in studying this, he talks about the idea of being strangled. That's how you feel. You're being strangled because you have the anxieties of this world. And it's easy to focus on all the possibilities, the what ifs, if only. I know as, as a college student, I would go out and run. Yes, I did run, Pastor. Um, um, did do soccer, too. And. It was fun, but I remember running the uh, the um, track there, and, and I'd often pick up, you pick up four stones, or I just had it in my mind. And often as you run, it's kind of nice to keep your mind free, isn't it? Instead of, what lap am I on again? But if you pick up four stones, you can throw one down when you know you've done that first lap, right? And I'd often think to myself, man, that's my first year of college. I got it down. I ran around the next one, throw it down. That's my second year. In third year, and then that last one, it's like, man, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna actually finish, you know. And I just, I did that as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. It was kind of neat to think about the different areas and ideas. As a freshman, you're going and everything's new. That first semester is exciting. You get through it really. There's some tough times being away from family, but you get through it pretty quick. The second semester, sometimes it's tough to go back. Sophomore year, you might be excited, but. But it gets tough. You're thinking, man, am I ever going to fit? You know, is it possible? I mean, you think of the finances. Oh, my word. It's so expensive. But as you trust the Lord and not look to the anxieties, the what ifs, God helps. And really, he gives the, the idea here that the help. He says, don't be careful. Don't be worrying about these things. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. 
Prayer's got to be so much a part of your life going into college. Not just that you get good grades, but that you're walking with the Lord, that you're adoring him, that you're looking to him as being sovereign. He's in full control of your school bill. He's in full control of, of everything that's going on and as he leads and guides you. Um, but praying, there ought to be times you pray for others. It's good not just to focus on yourself. There's going to be times where you just, you're going to have to set your studies aside and you're going to have to be a blessing to that roommate or to that person in your society or that person at work. And, um, and praying is so important. But lastly, with thanksgiving, thanking God, thinking of all the blessings, all the things he's done. Um, again, college is not easy. Uh, life is not easy. But, you know, as, as we thank God, I know there was a time in my life where it was real tough. And once someone gave me the advice of if you just write down five things that you're thankful for every day, it's going to help you through it. And I did that. I did that for probably a year. It was very helpful. I guess I could still do that, right? It's still good to be thankful. But that helped me to pull out of some things I was struggling with. Um, so thanking the Lord. But then verse 7, the, the promise here is in the peace of God. When we have that right praying, that right focus on the Lord and how he's going to provide and help and adoring him and thanking him, it says that we will have the peace of God. This is an, an inner tranquility. This is overcoming the things, the things that might be going on the outside, but God gives that grace, that courage, that help, that peace, which passes all understanding. And it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This word keep is the idea of protection, guidance, uh, of guarding, of helping. And uh, will help you have the right mindset. So really, are these secrets? They're not secrets. But so often in society, they're definitely secrets. People are not living according to this. But people in the church ought to be, right? We ought to be standing fast in the Lord. We ought to be having that harmony, that love for one another, that rejoicing, that gentleness, that prayers, not worrying, but trusting our Lord. Let me read this. This is something I've read before from the pulpit. This is what I gave Julia. I was not valedictorian. Uh, I can't even say the word, but I was salutatorian in my class. And I'm not bragging. It was a class of 12 people, okay? Um, salutatorian's the, the first loser, <laughs> Valedictorian's the highest, and then you go salutatorian next. A lot of a lot of high schools probably don't even do it anymore. They have multiple valedictorians, which doesn't totally make sense all the time. But um, probably because they all were 4.0 students. Okay, but um, this is something I read at my uh, my graduation. Ben, um, I didn't have any smart ideas like that. That was pretty good. Um, and Julie had a great uh, testimony too. But this was good. This was written by a young African pastor um, who was martyred for his faith. And going through his papers and things, they found this uh, really creed, um, this statement of this, of this man. He said, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his, and I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. Sounds like you, Ben. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm done and finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, 
smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right or first or tops or recognized or praised or rewarded. I live by faith. Lean on his presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by Holy Spirit power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road may be narrow, my way rough, my companions few, but my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I will not be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate in the presence of the adversity. I will not negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must give until I drop, preach until I'll know, and work until he comes. And when he does come for his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. We need to stand fast in the Lord. What a testimony of this man. Well, there's, there's really not a secret to success. But this man found that he was going to be all out for Christ. You know, even though he was martyred for his faith, I'm sure he's rejoicing in heaven. He's with his Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so thankful this evening to rejoice in the accomplishments of these young people. And uh, Lord, just so neat to see these young people and how you've worked in their lives and how they've given their lives to you and and we praise you for saving them. And uh, Lord, we're excited for this uh, transition in their lives. And Lord, I know there's things to be maybe afraid of or worry about, but Lord, they don't need to fear because you're right there with them. You're guiding them. You're helping them. And so Lord, we pray you'd bless and use them. Uh, Lord, we pray for each one of us though. Lord, it's easy to look back and, and for some here tonight, uh, maybe even some regrets or many regrets and some even being maybe envious of these young people. But Lord, we, we know that we are forgiven through Christ as was preached this morning. We know that we have the future to now serve you and to love you with all our heart and be true disciples. And so, Lord, we pray that you do work of grace in our hearts. Lord, these, these are not secrets, but yet they are to so many people. We pray that our eyes would be upon what true success is, and that is just loving you, following you, finding out what you have for us and doing it. And so, Lord, we're, we're thankful this evening, and uh, we pray you do work in our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen.